Hey guys, so consider this a bit of a double review for Dizzy Arts, uh, aka Michelle's, um, two uh, stories that she did in the past couple of days. First of all, we're going to talk about the metamorphosized to malleability uh, story. I think that is, uh, I believe, 259, I believe, in this case. Uh, I have to check, hold on. Like I said, 259. And this is a bit of a, I guess you could say a bit of a filler uh, one, if you will. Uh, long story short, uh, long story short, it kind of continues off where the ending of 258 left off. And basically Crystal gets up, she's got to get ready for work. Briella's kind of like in two positions at once since she can, since she can basically, you know, split herself in two uh, when it comes to shape-shifting. So she's serving as Crystal's blanket um, that's, you know, keeping her warm, as well as basically, you know, hanging out in the ba balcony and figuring out, okay, what her next step's going to be since she's been offered uh, this position to be senior researcher with Surrey Genesis. Now, we have to remember that she did make a promise uh, to her fiancé and to her best friend that if they require uh, Briella to give a DNA test, Briella is going to reject the senior researcher job. So, Hopefully that does not happen, but, you know, one thing Michelle Desi Arts likes to do is kind of put a little twist here and there of that, of something like that potentially happening. Now, with that said, with that said, uh, like I said, it was just mainly a filler episode, a little fun filler episode, and kind of helps move the story along just a bit. Um, you, you get a, you get a little bit of a hint that these two are going to get into that frisky mode eventually, uh, intimate NFSW frisky mode uh, eventually. And uh, it's it's displayed basically by the fact that when Crystal gets up, you know, Briella, you know, kind of, you know, basically puts pulls herself together, or at least I think she does pull herself together, and, you know, goes into the bathroom to uh, essentially turn into a towel because I guess the routine is when they stay together and Crystal has to you know get ready for work or go somewhere you know uh, basically when she takes a shower or after she's done taking the shower you know Briella will serve as her towel or her hand cloth or what or facial cloth or whatever so basically that's kind of what it is you know they kind of have fun in the bathroom not not you know, totally erotic NFSW like they would be known to do in the story at times. Um, but basically just, but just enough to kind of give us an idea of what they may be up to later on. Now, uh, what I mean, now what I mean by that basically, what I mean by that um, is essentially the fact that after Crystal takes a shower and then uses Briella as her hand, her facial cloth, hand cloth, and a towel, um, she decides to kind of sit down, get herself, you know, you know, put a face on, if you will. And Briella decides to have a little bit of fun. Fun at the same time, because she's feeling a little frisky, like, you know, you know, she, she was kind of like a little, not too hard, but kind of understandingly firm with, with Crystal. When, when Crystal, of course, in the previous chapter, um, su <coughs> suggested, hold on for a sec. Uh, suggested uh, that. Hold on for a sec. Sorry about that. 
But like I said, she, you know, she uh, feels a little bad, a little bit for being a bit firm, understandably firm, lovingly firm with Crystal, because Crystal had, you know, offered to you know, basically, you know, let her DNA and hair sample, whatever, if needed, to be used. And Brielle was firm on the fact that, no, that's not going to happen. So to make up to so to make up for it basically, uh, Briella starts to get a little frisky, a little fun, and basically starts to envelop, cover up most of uh, Crystal's body uh, from head to oh, from toe to head. Well, almost head. Uh, basically, she doesn't do the crown, which is like where the hair is and all that, but most of the head, well, mainly head to toe, except for the crown area. You know, like. You know, the hair and everything, you know, where Crystal's hair could stick out. And she basically turns her, you know, essentially by enveloping Crystal and everything, you know, she essentially turns her um, into a humanoid snake woman. And, Chris, and Crystal kind of gets into it because she notices, you know, the little snake tail uh, wagging almost, you know, on its own. Well, mainly it is because it's Briella, you know, wagging on its own excitedly. And she also notices that even before this, that, you know, Briella's kind of being very intimate, you know, giving her kisses in the upper region, if you know what I mean. And um, and that's before she envelops her whole body in this little outfit. And the end result, after she does all that, and then, like I said, envelops her, is she turns Crystal into a humanoid snake woman. And like I said, Crystal plays along, plays along for a bit and says... You know, and say, and basically says something like, you know, in a with a snake like hiss, she goes like, "Is not oh she well okay let me let me correct myself all right she basically after Briella covers her and everything, you know, into making her a snake woman temporarily, like I said, Crystal plays along with it, and Crystal even uses a bit of a lisp, if you will, to create a hiss, if you will, because she's now disguised as a snake woman, and she's like. It's not fair, you know, just getting into it a bit, having a little bit of fun. But it doesn't last long because she reminds Briella she's got to get ready for work and all that. So Briella relents, you know, lets her get ready. But Crystal does say, hey, you know, we can have fun. Basically, Crystal hints at the fact that, hey, we can have fun later, you know, after you do this um, phone call and everything. And also giving me a full report. So... Essentially, uh, what happens uh, this upcoming Thursday or Friday, depending on when Michelle Desiarts uh, drops uh, the uh, 260th uh, shift slash chapter, if you will, of metamorphosized to malleability, um, whenever she does decide to uh, drop it, that's not only that's basically not only when we're going to get like an answer as to exactly where Brielle is going to go in her decision. But whether or not, you know, we're going to get a bit of friskiness or they're going to hold off for a little bit. Now, it is indicated at the end of this one, you know, at the end of this part, that after seeing Crystal off and everything, that Briella does feel confident because Briella has made the promise, you know, as she's having a little bit of fun with Crystal, covering her from head to toe and all that, that she made a promise to protect everyone around her, you know, no matter, you know, how she has to do it. She made a promise to protect everyone around her, including Crystal, because, 
you know, of course, in a sen- with a sensual mindset at the time when she's enveloping her friend in this little outfit, or her girlfriend and fiance in this little outfit, you know, excuse me, she makes the pro- she reminds herself of the promise of not only protecting her friends, but protecting her fiance and also every inch of her fiance's body. It's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to her ever again. So, yeah, so basically, long story short, um, you know, they have a little fun, not, not too frisky and everything. Crystal, like I said, reminds her she's got to get ready for work, which, like I said, Briella relently, relently lets her do uh, with, the possible, with the possible idea that they could get frisky later on, you know, after everything, you know, takes place, everything happens. And that's about, and that's pretty much about it with the story, because then, you know, Briella, you know, after having this moment with her and everything, uh, with Crystal, that is, um, has more confidence that this might be the right decision to make to be the senior researcher at Surrey Genesis, because not only would it allow her probably more of an opportunity to learn exactly what, you know, her power is capable of, you know, what the powers of this other Alpha Omega, whatever they are, is capable of. But, you know, also in a way, also probably try to figure out in a way who was behind that Weimer, you know, going after them. So we'll just have to wait till Thursday, this Thursday, uh, for that to take place, or this Friday, depending, like I said, when Desi Arts, uh, Michelle, <coughs> excuse me, Desi Arts Michelle uh, releases it. But it is getting interesting. I mean, we are basically now, as soon as 260 hits, 15 weeks away from 275. So whatever she's got planned for 275 in the next 15 weeks, which I think leads into the summer. I think it leads into the summer and all that. Hold on for a sec. I think it leads into the summer. Hold on. So yeah, whatever she's got planned for August 17th, which ironically is my niece's birthday, uh, when it comes to this, um, you know, when it comes to this, this story and everything, you know, it's an, you know, it's anniversary. Whatever she's got planned, obviously it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. You know, because that's a huge anniversary. That's a milestone right there. But like I said, right now, this one was just more filler, more, a bit of more, you know, story building and all that, character building for, for Briella to have the confidence to want to accept this you know, accept this position so that she can learn more about what she's capable of, have more, I guess, access to stuff that could help her out, and as well as, you know, potentially find out who was after her in the first place, you know, that was helping Zetweimer uh, in the process, you know, get more information. So, again, we are just, you know, so again, after, you know, after this week, we're about, you know, 15, 14 and a half weeks away. Uh, from 275, and that, that to me, like I said, is going to be a huge deal, because I don't know what she's got planned, honestly, I mean, she might have the wedding planned, you know, for that part of the story, she may not, um, she might decide, hey, 275, I'm just going to let Briella and Crystal get frisky and fun and crazy and all that, that might happen, you know, 275 might even you know, be the one where Crystal gets powers identical, if not similar to Briella's. We don't know. You know, we don't know. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I will say that it will be interesting, you know, to to see what, how she develops this, you know, as we, you know, start the road to 275. 
uh, this week. Because it's going to come around a lot quicker than you think, guys. Believe me. I mean, it's already May 1st. And in three days, we got May 4th, which is known for the May the 4th be with you. And, you know, we're already into a theme for this month that a lot of artists and writers love to take part in because of the creativity and them, can, and, and them allowing them, I should say, to get as crazy and as wacky as they want to. Just let loose, if you know what I mean, you know, with their ideas and everything. But, but yeah, so far 260 was okay. I mean, not 260, but 259 was okay. And 260, cannot wait to see, like I said, what she's got in store for that. She might surprise us with the decision Briella makes, depending. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, she's known to always, like, throw a little bit of a, a, a curveball here and there with this story series and stuff, or any of her series. I mean, when she did uh, the Unlimited series, you know... She threw that little curveball at the end of one of the final chapters where it looked like the main character basically got erased from existence because the two characters, two female characters, they had become one of their own independents or become so sentient and independent that they didn't you know, want to be connected to him anymore and then nearly wiped him out. So, so yeah, you know, she's known to, to do these kind of things and... If she does it here with 260 on Thursday or Friday, depending on when she drops it, I wouldn't be surprised, but we'll see what happens. Again, I'm still of the impression that I think her best friend, Ilania, Alania's uh, fiance, his or boyfriend, has some kind of connection to this. I don't know why, because again, why would Alania, Alania uh, want to hide Briella and what she's capable of doing from her fiance if he can be trusted? So that's something to keep an eye out for. And also, like I said, uh, I'm not going to be surprised that sooner, rather than, sooner or rather than later that, you know, they, we might get another NFSW-like frisky portion of the story between Crystal and Briella. I'm not going to be surprised by that, you know, because I know they still have to do the fur convention arc if they're still planning that. You know, Michelle, that is, if she's still planning that. And, uh, of course, like I said, I still have this belief that, you know, Crystal's going to get similar, if not identical, powers to Briella. And when it's all said and done, you know, one of the last things will be, you know, chapter-wise, when this story series is done, whenever Michelle does end it, you know, which will probably won't be for a long time, um, I've got to film these two. If that happens, if Crystal gets similar, if not identical, powers to Briella, that they're going to be, they're going to go crazy. They're, they are going to have a finale, NFSW, uh, like chapters, kind of erotic chapter, if you will, that, believe it or not, would make anything, you know, I'm not saying this would happen, but I wouldn't put a pastor to do this, you know, for a finale, if they go this direction, would make anything that melting, the melting um, Mia series, which I'll get into in a bit, look tame, it will make it look tame, if they go this direction, especially towards the end of the story, when it's all said and done. But yeah, those are still some of the things I think is going to be happening, or at least theorize, from, a the, from a very theorizing you know, perspective, I could see it happening, you know, just based on what's going on in the story. But we'll see. We'll see. But, but that's not the only story she did in the past few days, or she published in the past few days. Um, I do recommend checking it out. But now, 
Let's get into the story that she just started today, here on May 1st, the first day of May, that is an annual yearly tradition for a lot of artists and writers. And that next story is the third season, I guess you'd call it, the third season premiere, the third year premiere, the annual premiere of the Melting Mei series. And that's M-E-I, because that's the main character's name, Melting Mei series. And it basically does leave off where part nine left off last year. Now, part nine was originally supposed to debut today, but... Uh, basically, Dizzy Arts, Michelle, uh, put up a vote, put up a poll, asking anybody if they would like to see a preview of, you know, the ninth part. Basically, a preview of what 2023 is going to offer. And unanimously, a lot of fans said, yes, we want to see it. And thus, she gave it to us. And it basically starts off, you know, it basically starts off by giving us our first Major, I would get, I would assume it's major or going to be major, major plot point, or at least subplot, if you will, major plot point, subplot, however you want to view it, because you know originally, because basically, uh, to recap, there's this lady from a um, business, a very multi-million dollar business, I would assume, enterprise. It's you know basically known to be in the same, uh, basically known to be in the same. I guess you could say, uh, business genre, if you will, that Zahara's massage business is in. So this lady, I can't think of her name right now, but again, I'll provide a link like I usually do in the description. You guys can check it out. Uh, but this lady, she wants to basically make a deal with Zahara. She wants to make a deal to own a majority of Zahara's business, or at least get a a percentage, a major percentage of the business. And Zahara is one of those uh, one of those few massage businesses in the region, if not in the city, that is saying no. She's like, no, nah, not gonna happen. So this lady who's like the CEO, she's the boss mainly, you know, she's uh, she is basically undetermined. You know, she is not gonna be denied. So she basically uh, I guess uh, talks to somebody. Her name is, I believe her real name is Elizabeth, but she's a shapeshifter, apparently. She is a shapeshifter, or at least she could disguise herself very well to where nobody can identify her. And basically, this lady who runs this business um, has hired her on because she's had others that have, you know, pretty much helped her out, but not, you know, succeeded in some areas. But she's, so she's basically relying on this one girl to use her mastery of disguise to get what she wants. And this girl, like I said, I think her name's Elizabeth, she, uh, she's thrilled by this because not only does she get, you know, potentially paid for, you know, doing, going for this, you know, for uh, basically trying to find out the secret, trying to, you know, get something to bring back. Uh, to the CEO and all that. But she also, at the same time, gets a bit of a relaxation. In other words, she can basically get a, you know, essentially because it's being paid off or being paid for, uh, I'm assuming, by the uh, CEO lady. You know, she essentially can get a free, you know, massage. Free massage, free mud bath, 
and all that in the process, while at the same time trying to figure out, okay, what is this secret elixir, the secret, you know, a formula and everything that this Zara, this Zahara girl, you know, has that's making her more popular, if not more successful than my boss's business, you know. So that's basically, you know, how the plot, the subplot, whatever it's going to be viewed as, um, is set up. That's how it's set up. And of course, they do end the story with both Zahara and Mi'ai. Uh, getting intimate, gooey, meltily intimate, if you will, even, you know, basically turn, turning themselves into a new landscape and all that to where basically part nine ends with Zahara, not Zahara, but Mia basically seducing Zahara into turning into goo, you know, kind of swallowing her, eating her, you know, absorbing her into her body or into the pool that she's now occupying. Because another thing we find out you know, towards the end of last season is the fact that Mi'ai has quit her job and now she's, you know, basically, you know, she basically quit her job and now she's basically, you know, living out her new job, living out her new job by be, by basically being the mud bath, the special elixir that, you know, the clients that come in for massages can soak in and have pleasant sexual uh, moments, unbeknown, even unbeknownst to them, until they're like, you know, until they like get out, until they experience them, and then they kind of, you know, acknowledge, oh, this is the best experience I've ever had, kind of deal. And so, um, anyway, long story short, like I said, long story short, uh, th that's what Mia is doing, and at the end, like I said, she kind of, you know, at the end of part nine, that is, she basically, you know, seductively gets uh, Zahara to turn into goo and absorb her into the pool body she now, uh, that, you know, she now is, you know, she now is. And, you know, just, you know, remain there, like, momentarily just rippling and everything until Zahara basically gets into it. And like I said, they end up creating a, a kind of a temporary little land, if you will, to where Zahara basically creates like a little ravine of chocolate magma, as they call it, chocolate ooze, lakes, if you will. Uh, Mia responds by creating little mountains of her, you know, out of her upper region, if you know what I mean, that get turned into volcanoes thanks to, thanks to Zahara. And they just go swish and swall, you know, mix together, blend together, until the end result is them, you know, basically coming to a climax, if you will, and then reforming into the fused version of Mahara, or Mara, if you will, not Mahara, but Mara, which is a com combination of both names, and then going back into the pool for more fun. Well, here in part 10, in part 10, basically we get more of that little plot going on. We get more of that, we get more of that plot uh, going on here in part 10. Because here, uh, it starts out kind of like with part nine, but this time it's a customer um, who Mara, the fused version of both Zahara and Mia, greet uh, to basically affirm the appointment she has made at a certain time. And unbeknownst to them, though, because we find this out later on, like I mentioned, 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, unbeknownst to them, this uh, client, this Courtney, that's coming in for this appointment is actually the Elizabeth that we talked about earlier. And what happens basically is after they confirm everything with, with quote-unquote Courtney, you know, Ma uh, Mara exits herself out of the, out of the uh, main area, the main reception area. And, you know, as, you know, well, before that, she escorts, uh, I guess you could say, Courtney to a certain undressing area so she can get ready for the massage part. And while she's doing this, like I said, Ma Mara, the fused version of Mia and Zahara, you know, like I said, release herself into another room. And this is where we kind of see exactly, or kind of read and visually in our minds, can see how this merging happens sometimes, or demerging happens. And that is the fact that uh, one of the things they've been practicing is uh, for Mii to uh, basically ex, you know, to become, for Mii to become the pool, become the mud bath, if you will, that the customers enjoy. She exits out of the mouth of the Mara uh, fusion, or the Mara fusion, and it's a bit of pra and it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit, you know, hard for Zahara because, you know, basically, basically what it is is that when they do this, uh, the person that is gonna, you know, resume, you know, the the human portion of, you know, basically stay in human form for a bit, has to basically focus and balance themselves to not collapse into a puddle of goop and everything and try to basically, you know, reform into being their original selves. So for Zahara, because Mia has a little bit more experience in this area, or with the powers anyway, um, she basically, since she runs the business, and she's the one that, you know, does the massages and everything, uh, Mara... And Amara, but Zahara has to uh, open, basically has to be the one that stays human while Mia goes and you know becomes the mud bath. And like I said, the way they do this is, you know, Mara, the fused form, opens her mouth, and the white ooze, as it's described, as Michelle describes it, the white ooze as Mia, you know, leaves out of the out of the mouth and into the pool. But she's encouraging Zahara. To focus so that she so that she could so that she could become her human self again, you know her original self, and even though it takes a bit for Zahara to do it, she ends up accomplishing it without a problem. And you know that's pretty much how that you know how that diffusion between the two occurs. Uh, even Zahara mentions that it takes a bit more practice. It's going to take a bit more practice. For her to accomplish that, and they say, "Hey, after this appointment, if we got time, we'll do that." So anyway, anyway, Zahara comes out, you know, greets, you know, greets uh, Courtney, quote unquote, who's actually the Elizabeth character, and greets her, takes her to the massage room, does the massage for her, while Mii is just intimately, you know, just intimately. Rippling, you know, resting as the pool that she is now, you know, that she now is, to, you know, while she, you know, awaits, you know, Courtney's presence, if you will. So, yeah, Mia is just resting as a pool and everything, 
um, in the in the back room, you know, uh, where she's located at, you know, at as the mud bath. And long and basically to get to the point here, after Zahara does the massage, she offers up the additional service, if you will, to uh, Courtney. And Courtney, quote unquote, takes the offer and lays down in it. She lays down, she, she disrobes and then settles down in the pool. Now, the difference, one of the big, one of the different changes or biggest changes uh, that they made, and it was actually Mi'ai's suggestion to Zahara to make this happen, is they place cucumbers on uh, the eyes, on the eyes of the clients that take the mud bath. The reason they do this is because it allows, without being visually seen, it allows uh, Mi'ai to have more mobility. Because when they first started doing this, all Mi'ai was, you know, all Mi'ai basically was, um, I guess you could say, relegated to was, you know, just being, you know, the water and, you know, kind of massaging, if you will, pleasuring, we'll put it that way, massaging, pleasuring uh, the clients, you know, underneath. Basically, you know, submerge-wise, you had to, you know, you know, pleasure them that way in certain areas. But ever since, you know, they, she suggested the cucumber idea to cover their eyes and give them that kind of, you know, I guess you could say that ultimate peace and tranquility, tranquility, if you will, uh, with the massaging or with the mud bath, that, you know, ultimate bliss of peace and tranquility. You know, ever since she decided to come, ever since she suggested that idea, like I said, it allows her to now not just continuously submerge-wise, you know, massage slash pleasure the, you know, the clients and all that, you know, to the ultimate peaks, if you catch my drift. But it also, because the eyes are covered, it also allows her to, you know, appear above the surface. Like she creates these little tentacles or tendrils with her face on them or something. And she's able to kind of really get, you know, more intimate and more massage pleasurable, massagely pleasurable, if you will, uh, with the clients. And she does that here with Courtney. But Courtney then all of a sudden notices that tingling, that little tingling feeling that's always advertised. And she kind of, and she's kind of like, well, what the, she kind of gra gasp a little bit, you know, feeling this tingling feeling again. Of, and I'll mention that in a minute. Mention why I said again, I'll mention that in a second. Uh, but basically she, you know, she notices this kind of jumps up a little bit and then basically what she does is that she takes out a vial she has a vial packed away somewhere I don't know if she snuck it in or whatever but she has like a bit of a vial with her I don't know if it's on her neck or whatever it is uh, but she has a vial and she tries to scoop up the mud bath or at least, or at least these she tries to scoop up this you know special mud bath this elixir if you will that she has no idea is an actual person in Mi'ai. Tries to scoop her up and can't do it. And can't do it. And she runs out of time. And she runs out of time. And she acknowledges to herself, oh, 
well, not gonna get a, not gonna get paid today, you know, or something like that. She's basically acknowledges that, you know, she failed once again to get what she decided to get, and all that. She she failed in getting, you know, this this mud bath, this elixir, if you will, to try to figure out, okay, what is, you know, the secret here? What is, you know, allowing Zahara's business to, you know, to basically, you know, take off, if you will, to kind of take off, if you will, and be the success that it is. You know, she's wondering, you know, she's wondering, excuse me there, she's wondering what's going on, right? And I think uh, I'm trying to find the area here. Hold on. Uh, let's see, trying to find it. Um, let's see. Yep. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, she says basically, she basically grumbles. Um, you know, she basically grumbles at the fact of so much for an easy payday. And then she basically uh, searches around the room for, you know, for either an unopened bottle of the formula or anything that might help her collect a, sa a sample. But she doesn't have the time to do that because Zahara interrupts her by knocking on the door. And she has to basically end her search there. So after Zahara escorts Courtney out of the room and Courtney, you know, thanks her for the service and I think even pays her, which is not really her money, it's her boss's money. Um, Zahara comes back in and everything and asks, like she normally does, she asks Mia how, how it was. And Mia's like, oh, she was she was quite fitting, but... I don't think she was satisfied. And Zahara's like, well, what do you mean? And then that's when Mi'ai tells her she tried to steal a piece from me. And Zahara basically has this reaction like, again? Because obviously now it's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much, you know, uh, I guess you could say continuity based in between part nine and part 10 here that, you know, that it seems that the, all these previous clients that have been showing up to take this treatment, um, if you will, have been doing so with only one purpose, and that is to try to steal a sample of Mi'ai to figure out what's going on. And, you know, of course, like I said, this frustrates Zahara uh, to no ends, but Mia basically reinsures re re uh, re her uh, that nothing is going uh, to happen, you know, nothing's going to happen, that nobody's going to be able to do it, and everything, and she says this by quarreling herself around, you know, around and underneath Zahara's uh, clothing, to the point that it causes them to merge back into, Ma into Mara, so they can practice once more on what they need to do, and the way she does this is she basically turns Mara into a big snake, you know, she causes the fused version to come to become a big snake and everything. And, you know, basically, uh, basically they make sure they have plenty of time, which they do. And so what Mia does is she uses her uh, powers, her ability to stretch an arm out to the hallway, you know, lock the doors, put a out to lunch 
sign up there, or at least turn the, we're open to the out to lunch deal. And then basically get back to intimately practice business, if you will, with Sahara. And by forming the snake version, it allows them to practice what they did earlier. And this time around, Zahara is able to keep her form while they do the, do the diffusion part. But then they get intimate from there, where they start basically as snakes, start to devour each other. They start to really get intimate. They quarrel around each other. They try to eat each other kind of deal uh, until they get wrapped around each other just enough to where you just see a big old, you know, blob, round blob, uh, basketball-shaped blob, if you will, in a place that distorts, you know, here and there, and it shrinks down and shrinks down, you know, as they just keep going and going, to the point that they eventually explode. Yeah, they eventually explode all across the room, room and everything, and even hint um, at the fact that they might do it again because they still have... Uh, plenty of time so so yeah overall so overall the um, the return to form if you will for the story the return to form if you will for the story I think is really good you know um, you know the I mean part nine like I said last year gave us an idea of what we were in store for and it did not disappoint and part, not, and part 10 here, returning to form of what we're used to seeing with Zahara and Mii, I think was great. But I also like the fact that we're getting a bit of a plot element or subplot element here uh, with this uh, Elizabeth girl, Courtney, if you, you know, or whoever she decides to disguise herself as. I like the fact that we're getting a plot point here to where now it seems that this lady that we met in part 9, the CEO lady... Um, is going to do whatever it takes to find out this secret. She's going to do whatever it takes to get the secret as her own. So, so it's a really, so basically it's, um, like I said, it's a nice little, you know, take and return to form with the series. Can't wait to see what she has planned. It looks like, just by the fact, just by the fact that she released it on the 1st of May, it looks like she's going to be doing it possibly every Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday, but I don't think she wants to get too close to metamorphosized malleability. So I'm assuming it's going to be every Monday or Tuesday, maybe even Sunday, depending on when she gets it finished, so that we will have enough for the month. Now, if she does it every week, which again is the obvious goal, you're looking at the first, you're looking at the eighth. You know, with, you know, the 8th is going to be, what is it, part 11, the 15th will be uh, part 12, and everything's going to be the, um, the 22nd will be, will be part 13, and then the 29th, which will be the last one for, the, for this year, will be part 14, and then if she feels like it, she might give us a sneak peek of 2024, because she's even alluded that she's already got ideas in place for that installment. But so far, I, I like what I'm seeing here. I like the, like I said, the continuation. I like the idea we're getting a plot point. And there are some that are even suspecting, even as far as last, even far back as last year, after they read the sneak peek for this year, there are some that are 
assuming this Elizabeth girl is going to join in with Mia and uh, Zahara, and we're going to have a trio and everything at the end of the day. They could both, they could all shapeshift, you know, get gooey-fied and all that, and even fuse together. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That may be the direction she goes in. It may not be, but we'll see. we got a whole month ahead of us, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, but let me know, and also, if you're a fan of Metamorphosis Malleability, she is going to be doing a Melting May uh, special edition on that that's non-canon, non-canon to what's going on uh, with the series right now, but it's a good chance she'll be doing one for Metamorphosis Malleability um, as well. But overall, I'm liking the, what I'm seeing with this story as well as the, to, uh, as well as the Metamorphosis Malleability series. And all I can say, guys, is if you haven't checked out Desi Arts yet, Michelle, I recommend you do so. I think you will enjoy what you read and visualize see in your mind. And honestly, guys, that's all I can really say on this. So till next time, God bless. Take care. Michelle, I cannot wait to see what you got planned next. And until then, guys, I am out.